Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode 180. Your host, Nate Maxson, here with you, along with my brother, Aaron. Hello, everybody. And this week, we are uh, rounding out yep. our series of reviewing poor wrestling shows, which there have been a couple in the series where we didn't think, in hindsight, they weren't as poor as they we thought they were. This one, definitely worse than i thought it was this show sorry no go ahead saying they're putting another shrimp on the barbie to end this episode or end this series of fuckery and it's just like oh my god and like i said who doesn't want to end with an eruption (laughs) but this this is an eruption Yes, this is WWA Eruption, World Wrestling All-Stars from Australia, a short-lived promotion in the early 2000s. The show's from April 13th, 2002, and to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't watched this show since 2002. So, like I said, this was this was a fresh batch of fuckery for me, because I had completely forgotten pretty much everything that happened on this thing. Yeah, this thing should not be called Eruption. This should be called, like, WWA ruined orgasm welcome to wwa popcorn fart yes this is a this is a terrible show again april 3rd april 13th 2002 in some town in australia world wrestling melbourne world wrestling all-stars was again an australian promotion it was one of those promotions like uh the xwf here in the states and a couple of other promotions that that kind of formed in the wake of WWE buying everything and pretty much using the leavings, you know, the people that that WWF didn't want or the people that were under those WCW contracts that were just sitting at home making millions of dollars. And it was the people that it was guys with money that thought all you had to do was have money yeah, and you can make a wrestling show like a wrestling company, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, but that's not how the wrestling business works. If all you needed was money, then there would still be a WCW, you know what I mean? And it was guys that were wrestling fans that were like, Oh, there's this, there's this void here and we can we can try to do something with it it's like no you gotta you gotta actually know what you're doing i mean there's a reason that there's a reason and i know you're not the biggest fan of them and the company was kind of kind of crazy or whatever it's schizophrenic but there's a reason that tna and impact has lasted as long as it's had and guess what it is it's because there's always been money people involved in it, but there's always been wrestling people involved in it. And rest and wrestling people that didn't look at the boss as just a money mark. You know, like this Jim McManus guy, uh, somebody like Jerry Lynn or Sid or Scott Steiner or anybody else that's on this card, they know, they know what they're getting. They know this guy's a money mark. They know he's a loser, but he has money. And they're going to get a, one or two really good paydays out of him, but they're not going to help him. Like, def- you know what I mean? They're not going to help him build an empire or anything. Yeah. They're, just there, they're just there to take his money because they know it's going to fail anyway. Oh, yeah. This thing will be out and then we'll just get our money and then go back home. And I got, I got a fucking vac. 
he paid me to go on vacation to Australia. And it's just, it wasn't ever going to work. Never was going to work. Nope. I think this was the second show they had, and it might be the last. I think I can't remember. I'd have to look. Four, it's their fourth. Oh, is it? Okay. And it's, it's their last. It's their last favorite. Like, I don't say it. I, I like watching bad wrestling like everybody, you know. But at first, like their first show or whatever, it's like got a nice set. And it looks professional. And Bret Hart's and there. Bret Hart's there. And Tony Schiavone and Jerry Lawler are the commentators. And it's well lit. And by, the, by four pay-per-views later, they got a paper mache volcano. And Jeremy Borash and Disco Inferno. <laughs> and that is the, the, the open here. We get Jeremy Borash and Disco Inferno who are calling the show for the night. Funny thing about this is... I am I am I'm not gonna say like he's in my top of all time. I've never minded Borash and at times disco's entertaining, but they're fucking terrible on this show. Oh yeah, really bad. Um <laughs> right from this right from the jump, the show is fucked. That ring announcer is a complete fucking moron, and he in, he introduces Jeremy Borash and Disco Inferno like they're coming out and they're already out there. <laughs> like they've already made their entrance and he's like please welcome to the arena Jeremy Borash and the Disco Inferno. And Disco's even like we're already here. Like what is he talking about? He's a complete fucking train wreck. Well, Sid, right. is, Sid is the commissioner for this night. Yes. Of WWA. Um, like I said before, I think their first show, Bret Hart was the commissioner, but that was a one and done. Bret was like, I'm not coming back to this, <laughs> this bunk operation anymore. Um, but Sid is your commissioner for the evening, and they're going to continually bring up, since Sid is there and Scott Steiner is there, they're going to continually bring up the incident from, uh, was it Greed? Something like that. Yeah. Hit with Sid, the, everybody, I can't remember, I think it was the Greed pay-per-view, but everybody knows the, the scene where Sid came off the second rope and, and, and snapped his leg in half. I'm not yes. laughing at his misery, I'm just laughing at, you know, hindsight 21 years later or whatever, it's 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 gruesome, and uh, it, didn't ha it didn't have to happen. Would you ever hear about that? That he, that he didn't want to do that? Sid didn't. No, Sid didn't want to do that. Um, um, Russo thought it would be a good spot or whatever, and Sid was like, "I don't do that. Like, that's not something I do. It's not really my skill set." And he just talked him into it anyway, and then he snapped his fucking leg completely in half, and then sued the shit out of him yeah. for the world to see. And we're joined by uh, a, a guy that's just going to be hearing our description of this this train wreck. He didn't actually watch the show. Mark Brew is here. Welcome, Mark. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, for once, I didn't do the homework on this one. That's all right. Well, you, didn't, well, oh, you, were, you were spared. You were spared this one. Well, just setting this up, recapping for you, Mark. Uh, we're in Melbourne, Australia. It's WWA eruption. Is Your that Jack here? No. He <laughs> might be. I think he cleaned up after the show. Um, 
But your commentating team is Jeremy Borash in the Disco Inferno, and your general manager for the evening is Sid. So you got Borat and Gilberti. Yes. And, nice. And your, Very and nice. And your, <laughs> and, your, and your GM for the evening is Sid Vicious. So you're already off to a rolling start here. And uh, they open up the show. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I could think of worse GMs. Sid Vicious, I mean, other than the fact that... Some some of those celebrity GMs from the celebrity general manager era of Monday Night Raw. Exactly. Um, But your GM is supposed to come off as intelligent and be able to explain things to you. Well, I mean... He's he, he's not he is as stupid as we think he is, <laughs> according to his promo. The opening match, and I have a big problem with this cruiserweight thing, and I'm going to get into it in a second. But they're going to have they're going to have two matches to set up a last match for their cruiserweight championship. The first match is AJ Styles, a very young AJ Styles, against Nova who, of course, was ECW's Nova. He was Simon Dean in WWE, etc. Um, At one point, wasn't he a uh, Supernova or something like that? Yeah, yeah Supernova in ECW. Was, yeah, he was in the BWO and all that. This is him doing this. He's still Supernova here, but he doesn't. Hey, he's not all gimmicked up. He's just a wrestler. Gotcha. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, the right guy goes over. AJ Styles wins the match, but... This is a cruiserweight tournament match, and it's like a minute and 42 seconds. Like, it huh? is, yes, it's like, I, I think it's, it's it's maybe a little over two minutes, but it's, I wrote down here as like, what the fuck? That was way short <laughs> for <a> cruiserweight. <laughs> you're, hyping, about a you're, hyping, you're hyping these two guys as these fantastic high spot athletes, and you give them like two minutes. Yeah, it was yeah. a premature eruption this match was. <laughs> And that's actually in my notes too. Like this sounds like it should be very good, but it was sort of a letdown. They didn't give him enough time. So and this is the scene, pretty much, of on American Pie where he blows his load before he even gets in. <laughs> pretty much. Gotcha. And it's just it's it's not it's not what it could have been. No, not at all. Not even. It's like it's like the length of like if you would have. In 1999, Test versus D'Lo Brown on Raw, it's like 2:38 or something. I don't know. I I, I I don't know. It is it is less than three minutes. I know that. I didn't write the time down, but I know you blink and you'll miss it. And I was just like Aaron said, I was expecting more out of this. That match would go. D'Lo comes in, Test hits the boot, pump handle slam over. Pretty much. <laughs> Up next, we see Scott Steiner and Medeja arrive to the pole barn or wherever they're having this. This uh, event. It's called the Rob Laver Arena, but when I heard it, I, I heard that Scott Steiner's arriving to the Rob Reiner Arena. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm calling it the Rob Reiner Arena. So he's, he, he's at the rabbi compound. I got you. <laughs> They're filming The Princess Bride. That's at the Rob Reiner Arena. Now we get introduced to the Star Ets, which is a collection of Australian bimbos that yeah, are here. It's, it's hookers, and they're just discount nitro girls. And yeah, like 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 Aaron and I kind of discussed at the beginning of the show. Mark, this was one of those promotions that popped up in the wake of WWE buying everybody. So you've just got you got 
you got all the people that weren't that WWF didn't want and that weren't sitting at home collecting those WCW, you know, $10 million deals or whatever for three years. So there's a lot of fuckery going on here. And, they, and like Garen said, they, these are like your discount. It's like, it's like if you got the Nitro Girls on Wish. <laughs> and I think there's just enough night. I think there's just enough discount Nitro Girls as there are guys on the show. So they were like, oh, this will be easy. One rat for each. Uh, yeah, it's like I thought we were going to have a hard time finding some ruse over here, but. Good day, Mike. <laughs> Is it the politically correct term, escort? <laughs> <laughs> Put another rat on the bobby, mate. Yeah. Well, Sid the commissioner comes out next, and he's got a cane. You know, he's still selling the leg injury from a year and a half ago. Um, and he pretty much yammers on about Scott Steiner. I couldn't make heads or tails out of this. Um, I, don't, I don't speak Sid. I just put Sid Vicious comes out before the next match can take place. He talks about Andrew McManus and basically thanks him for letting him have the chance to steal Andrew McManus's money. <laughs> and then he rambles on about fucking Scott Steiner and Nathan Jones for some, and, and some other shit. And then we get um, the next cruiserweight tournament match is Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lynn versus uh Chucky Chaos. Chucky Chaos. That sounds like a knockoff Mikey Whitrick. And kind of, he is, kind of is. And he is apparently the hometown hero. He's yes, the Melbourne guy, Chucky Chaos. And he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> and for a cruiserweight tournament match, this is also too short. Um, you're what putting out. 301. It, it was around the same amount of time as the AJ Styles um, Nova match. And I don't understand. <laughs> like, there's a midget match coming up and get, it gets like nine minutes. But these two <laughs> cruiserweight matches together didn't add up to nine minutes. I just don't fucking get it. Like, <laughs> I'm like watching this show. You know, when you're, when you make a funny noise and your dog does the head tilt thing. And right. Just got, yeah. That's how I was looking at this, this whole thing. <laughs> whoever directed this needs their ass whooped. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I think honestly, I think it was. I think Borash was booking at this point. I think he was at least coming up with the TV and the creative and all that. Well, he did a poor job. He did. He didn't have a lot to work with, though. I mean, this is true. But he had Jerry Lynn. He had AJ Styles and versus Hello. Nova. But. Uh, all right. So up next, after Jerry Lynn beats Chucky Chaos, Aaron, any notes on this thing? I don't have any notes. Um, like I said, Lynn beats Chucky Chaos with the cradle pile driver. So the finals are going to be Jerry Lynn versus AJ Styles, which should be phenomenal. But I'm yeah. assuming it wasn't. We'll get there. Um. Then we have a booth segment with Jeremy Borash and the Disco Inferno, and it's a fucking train wreck. Disco's fucking headset doesn't work, and I don't know how many times Jeremy Borash could have said Australia more. Like everything was like, we're here in Melbourne, Australia, and we'd like to thank the people from Australia coming out here tonight. Was Australia is awesome. Love you, Australia. By the way, did I mention we're in Australia? Disco, how do you like Australia? 
<laughs> One more thing. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I, like it's like they he he it's like he was trying to they did this segment like they're like we need to get time. It's like how about you if you wouldn't make your cruiserweight matches three and a half minutes, you wouldn't have to stretch. You wouldn't fucking yeah, you wouldn't need any filler if you'd actually, you know, let the good wrestlers wrestle. You fucking idiot. <laughs> well, my next thing is um this midget puppet. The Sacco Dwarf? Yeah, he's the one that jerked off in the, <laughs> the trash can in TNA. <laughs> then pulled a gun on Jeff Jarrett, then Jarrett hit him with the chair or hit him with the guitar. That's one of my that, that's one of my favorite things of all time, by the way. Is that's him. who this is gonna be. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things in the history of ever is Psycho Puppet or Psycho the Puppet the Psycho Dwarf pulling a gun on Jeff Jarrett and everybody, and everybody's freaking out, and Jeff Jarrett saves the day by clocking him with the guitar. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, Puppet cuts a promo here that I can't understand because the, it's so it's so quiet. Yeah. Um, he's with, uh, I think Bill Barron's is interviewing him. Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I, I put, Midget cuts a promo and says shit I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> It could have been phenomenal. You just couldn't yeah, hear it. Right. <laughs> now he's fighting Theo Huxtable or whatever. Is his name Theo or T.O.? T.O. What's the other midget's name? T.I.O. T.O. Wow. And he's like, he's as short as Masquerita Sagrada. Isn't that Spanish for uncle? Yeah. And now that you mention it, it is. <laughs> Coming to the ring, it's Puppet versus Uncle. Little, little Uncle. <laughs> little uncle. <laughs> hey, what's up, little unk? Little unk. <laughs> um, there is uh, so puppet starts to cut a promo in the ring, but T.O. comes out and the match starts. And I did write all I did write down a great line by Disco Inferno. He had one of those? Yes, he did. He <laughs> said he said Puppet is in the long line. Of great midget wrestlers like Sky Lolo, Lord Littlebrook, and Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> and I thought that was a good line. That was that was a good one on Disco's part. <laughs> he ribbed his buddy, and his buddy's never even gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh yeah, this is a midget match, and it gets longer, it gets more time. It gets more time than the two cruiserweight matches prior well, combining. It's more than just a midget match. It's a midget it's hardcore, hardcore death match. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a midget hardcore death match. They use chairs and trash cans and tables and I don't know if they I can't remember if they use a table or not, but yeah. So it's just two little midgets was beating the shit out of each other. Like it's something you would put in a bar on like a Saturday in a fucking like building, in, in a bar. desolate right in a desolate bar where yeah. the locals look like something off the hills have eyes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> They're putting this out on their pay-per-view. Go get, get him, him puppet. Get him more time <laughs> than Jerry and <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. 
The match was bad. Uh, Tio yeah. winds up. Tio winds up winning. You know, you, you would think that something like this would be at least uh, uh, I, make me laugh. You know, some of the things. None of it even made me chuckle or anything. It just uh, wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Tio little, winds up. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, little Unk put uh, <laughs> a puppet dwarf in a trash can, and then. Um, hits like a frog splash on it and it doesn't even look good. It doesn't look impressive because the little little onk is like three foot two and weighs like 80, not even I don't know. He's like a fucking toddler. Like imagine a toddler <laughs> jumping onto like a fat child in a trash can. Are you going to be impressed? <laughs> no. That's what happened. Wow. It really is. And it Did really you, I was going to ask if he won by making him say uncle. <laughs> say Tio. Say Tio. <laughs> then they show us this, uh, I don't know, was she a playboy person or something? They never, spe- I don't know if they specified or not, but it's this uh, female model named Queen Bee. And she is going to be facing Medasia later on in an evening gown match. Yes, we are still in the wake of the Attitude Era. They can't and- afford a playboy model. It was, it was like a, no, it's like Australian Playboy. It was like, a penthouse auditioner. Yeah, she was like Jugs. Like, she was on Jugs. <laughs> the Al Bundy magazine Jugs. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what some skeezy ass porno magazine from the nineties. <laughs> Look, he's smiling big too. He's remembering all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just think of that the old guy on clerks. When he's like, don't give me none of the, you no, know, I want the stuff that has the, I want the really nasty magazines. And then he's asking him if he can have the soft stuff because they're to keep the rough stuff in the bathroom at the gap, at the, at the carry out. But yeah, when he's asking about the porn mags, like he doesn't want like the airbrushed, um, yeah. you know, nice uh, centerfold from Playboy. Yeah, he wants the one where you see everything. He wants like Hustler Plus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or on, uh, um, um, Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And the grandpa sent his Steve Carell's character in there to get him some stuff, and he's like, "Give me some good pornos and uh, grab yourself a couple fag rags if you're fag." <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking movie. Oh, that's low key one of my favorite movies. It's one of my top ten. That's one of the best running gags in a movie ever. Yeah, horn. Have you ever seen that movie, Mark? Little, Little Miss Sunshine. Sunshine? Oh, oh check it out. Check it out. It's fantastic. There it's one of, it has one of the greatest lines in the history of of movies. Like I don't want to spoil it, but the grandpa is like old and he's he's got what's he got? Cancer? I think cancer or something. Yeah, and he's also a heroin addict. Well that's what I'm saying. Like he got he got cancer and they basically gave him a death sentence. So he just started doing everything that he wants to do. Like he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do heroin. And then people are like, You can't do that. He's like, What well, I'm, I'm still gonna die. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> he just says whatever he wants, does whatever he wants, and he teaches his granddaughter this like dance routine and practices it with them and everything. And she finally gets into this little Miss Sunshine competition. They're going to drive across the country and go to this thing. And on the way ends up die. The grandpa ends up dying and they don't want to leave him. So they put him in the trunk and they keep on driving. And this little girl gets to the competition. It's like an entire movie for one line, for one joke. And they're like, Oh, who taught you this routine before you perform? And she's like, my grandpa. And they're like, Oh, where's he at? And she's like in the trunk of the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
I digress. And uh, then they show they show Medeja in the back, and little Unc is standing next to her, and he's wearing uh he's wearing um Scott Steiner's chainmail head headdress, <laughs> to which Medeja throws some shade at him. Uh, again, he's, stupid. He's little Papa Pump. <laughs> Little something pump. <laughs> little Uncle Pump. Little Uncle Pump. Little Uncle Pump. <laughs> That's the name of the show. <laughs> little Uncle Pump. Little Uncle Pump. Holla if you hear me. Um, the next match. Oof. Um this Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat, of course. Okay. Teams with Buff Bagwell mm. to take on Ernest the Cat Miller. And Brian Christopher. So, three X WCW guys and a WWF guy. Yeah, and um, Buff Bagwell has to flip off the crowd to establish who the heels are because if he doesn't, nobody's gonna know who to cheer for, or who to boo, and it is as basic as basic can get. It is a basic fucking Nitro tag or Thunder tag team match. That's what this is. It absolutely is. Like like being that you mentioned mentioned the people in this match, I'm thinking I'm thinking back now, like how good would uh Harlem Heat versus Too Cool would have been? Oh, it would have been great. And <laughs> it, it, nobody except Buff is really bad in this match. It's just there's not really Anything to it? There's nothing to it. Yeah, I've seen better indie tag matches. You know, like in front of a hundred people. These are legitimate. Like Nate and I were talking, these are legitimately four guys that were like, "Fuck it, we're getting paid to go on a vacation to Australia, and we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to poke one of these discount nitro girls, <laughs> and we're gonna, we're gonna get like, I don't know, I don't know, syphilis." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how much you, a guy would have made on this show. I, I have no idea, but that would be a that would be a Chad Austin question. He's he you know yeah. he knows about the payouts and stuff, but I can I can imagine because that McManus guy was they said he was a pretty wealthy money mark. I can imagine everybody made a decent payday. You know, um, I mean you're not just going to pack your shit up and go to Australia for chump change. Well, and it's like we were talking oh, no, about paid to get there. They it's like it's like. It's like we were talking about Mark Aaron and I were talking, but when he did his first show, this is their fourth show. When he did his first show, Bret Hart was on it as the commissioner. So, I mean, he was throwing around money, but um, yeah, still not enough to make anything good. You should have thrown out some money for a good fucking producer, obviously. <laughs> Ernest Miller and Brian Christopher win this match, and then they dance with the women and the children in the ring. Yes, and then Disco comes in to show ass, and don't like the kids beat him up. Or the yes, and then the, the kids and the hookers beat up Disco Inferno, as they should. Is and there anything? Point. Is there anything and more? Is there anything more fun to talk about than bad wrestling? Like I just said, the kids and the hookers beat up Disco Inferno, <laughs> and Disco was like, "Usually, I pay for the hookers to beat me up, but this time." I'm making money. He just seems like a guy that likes to get kicked in his nuts. He he really got the rub there, huh? 
Well, okay, so the next thing, the, the next promo we're about to see is a bit of a nightmare, but I will say this, the next match is actually a really good match. Um, but the, the, the promo is, it is Bill Barron's, and he is introducing, you remember Alan Funk, Mark? Yeah. Okay. Kiwi. On this show, Alan Funk is the Funkster. He dresses like Hogan. He tries to talk like Hogan. He doesn't wrestle like Hogan. But, uh, yeah, he's essentially doing a parody of Hulk Hogan, and he is the Funkster here. I don't know how many times he says brother in this promo, and I know it's supposed to be funny, but it's but not. it's not. It's annoying. It's like the overuse of Australia at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, about Alan Funk. And I don't want to get into, like, a big whatever. But they always try to dig gave him like a kiwi gimmick, and then they gave him a fucking um, like everybody was trying to gimmick this guy. They made him Bruce in TNA, you know, they, the Funkster and this, that, and the other thing. Alan Funk was actually a really good wrestler. He had a good build. I don't think like when he would do when he was just Alan Funk, and then he'd like turn into Angry Alan or whatever. I actually thought that was decent. Mm-hmm. Is it didn't make him look like a fucking goof? Like he was just a guy that when he got mad, he got out of control. You know what I mean? Right. That, that's Ken Shamrock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like seriously, that's Ken Shamrock's gimmick. You fuck right. with him too much, you push him over, he's gonna snap and he's gonna beat the fuck out of you. That's what Angry Allen was. But the guy himself, I don't think he was bad. I just think he was saddled with shit gimmicks and just never said anything. And then fucking who was it? What he what he was given and ran with it. Yeah. And then who was it? Billy that fucked him up. Somebody fucked him up. I don't remember who fucked him up. But they hit some kind of move, and basically dropped their knee on his fucking face, and yeah. But I, anyway. think was, I think it was Billy Kidman. But I just think the guy, like I said, the guy wasn't bad, and like you said, this match coming up is actually a pretty decent match because it's got two decent guys in it. <clears throat> so we're at is. what three three shitty match. Three shitty matches and then this four. There's only, there's, only two, there's only two good matches on this show. Yeah, and the the for, as a side note, I hate to keep you know beating a dead horse, but those two cruiserweight matches could have been really good, but we'll never know because they right. didn't give them enough time to be. Like the stars um, were aligned, but they just shit the bed. Yeah, pretty much. Um, on given the mat- time, the match in question is Alan Funk playing the Funkster. Going against Jean-Pierre Lafitte Carloulet um, of the Quebec. Uh-huh. And this match is pretty fucking good. These guys, these guys have a really good match here. Um, and it, the funny thing is, as the match is going on, the great, the great thing, I guess, about if he's doing the Funkster is Alan Funk doesn't play up the Hogan parody thing to the point where it affects his match quality. You know, he does he does some spots where he does the ear thing or, you know, he does he winds up winning the match with the leg drop. But overall, he wrestles just he just wrestles like himself, but he's just acting like Hulk Hogan. Pretty yeah, much he does, like he uses the Hogan shit to work the crowd. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But he's not he's not he's not implementing Hulk Hogan's moves. He's implementing his mannerisms. You know what I mean? It wasn't the whole uh, Dave Sullivan gimmick. No. 
like he's doing the you and all that, but it's, he's not being like I'm gonna wrestle. That. And I and I don't mean this to sound disparaging, but he's like I'm not gonna wrestle down to Hogan's level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Little, what is it? Hogan three or five moves of doom. Hogan wasn't a shitty wrestler at all, but I'm just nobody wants to. Nobody in America wanted to see Hulk Hogan have a 45 minute match. Yeah, they didn't want to see technical Hulk Hogan. They just wanted him to get into his shit and and pop the crowd. Up. Yeah. So again, they have they have these guys have a good match. I don't have any specific notes on it other than I enjoyed watching them wrestle each other. I, I again, like I said, but when we started the show, I haven't watched the show in twenty years since it came out twenty years ago. So this was a pleasant surprise to see this match happen, and and I enjoyed it. Did you watch this twenty years ago, or you when it, when it initially was out? Yeah. Were you equally as disappointed? I think I was. I don't really remember. <laughs> I'm sure I was. I mean, I probably wasn't because I watched it probably on a jailbroke pay-per-view. You right. Know, I, didn't, I didn't pay for the motherfucker, but. <laughs> I stayed up late to watch this shit. Fucking <laughs> like Australia time. I got to stay up. Comes on at like 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> then they show us a highlight get broad- video. Didn't get broadcast live in America. It was a tape. <laughs> This is uh then they show us a video um on Nathan Jones. Who... Fucking stupidest <laughs> stu I say stupidest, I don't even think stupidest <laughs> is a word. This is the dumbest fucking nickname for a wrestler ever. What does it even fucking mean? Nathan Jones nickname. What the fuck does it even mean? What did they say his nickname was? He he's the front row Nathan Jones. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> hey, if he's in the front row. That means he's in the crowd. Maybe that means he's putting people in the front row. Well, that's the only row that's filled. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they came to see Nathan Jones. Damn it! Saying, like, like, he'd, if, if, I'd be more impressed if he was the arena Nathan Jones. Then I. Uh... The front row, Nathan Jones. I don't understand. I actually thought that you know he had a lot of potential. The the he he could have been something in the WWE because the WWE Vince McMahon knows how to use a big man properly, right? Um, he did he come for a short stint? Yeah, he was in the WWE. He he uh, actually did the thing. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. And that's why that's why they essentially did the thing where they took him out of the tag match he was supposed to be in with Undertaker at WrestleMania 19. It was supposed to be him and Taker versus Big Show and, and Prince Albert, but they did an angle at the at the on the pre-show I think where the FBI beat up Nathan Jones or something. Well, so no, Taker... the, the the FBI stole his wallet, and he chased after them, and then Big Show and Albert beat him. Oh up. yeah, yeah, beat yeah. Him yeah. Up power and took him out and taker was was all about the guy like taker that's why he was working with takers taker was like i can do something because he was like i can do something with him and i can build this kid teach him the business teach him how to work in the system and then taker was looking at it like let me work with this guy for like six months or a year or whatever and then then we worked with each other and the wwf was just like 
this guy sucks. Like we can't get anything out of him. And then he lost his goddamn mind and stayed in Australia. Like he's yeah, like, they went they went on a they went on a tour of Australia and he just stayed home. He didn't come back to the states. I would I would say like say they booked him almost like a Braun Strowman, like they're booking Braun Strowman. I think that would have worked with him. Mm-hmm. Well, and he got kind of lost in the shuffle too because at that time in the WWE, you had they were bringing along okay, Brock was on top. They were bringing along they were trying to bring along Matt Morgan. Yep. Um Mason Ryan, Mason, all Mason Ryan came later, but yeah, but Prince Albert so there were a lot of big guys at the time. Right. So I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle of that. Uh, Luther Reigns. Yeah, Luther was in there. It was that crop of people that Laronitis brought in. Right? Snitsky. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that Laronitis group that a lot of them fucking floundered and did not succeed at all. Yeah, that's kind of other than other than like the top guys like Triple H. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, that little time period is a very forgettable time period in the history of that company. You know, like other than Cena coming up, and then like I said, the like the matches Brock and Angle were having and stuff. That that era is just kind of forgettable. And, and, and if you look about it, look about it. If you look at it, <laughs> um, like you were saying, like oh, Brock and Cena and Shelton and all these guys, you know, they're they're the guys that came in. But they didn't come into the company at that time. They got called up at that time. Who brought them into the company? Jim uh, Ross. Jim Ross. And then fucking Johnny Laronitis is fucking Johnny Lar- Laryngitis. He's fucking signing like Nathan Jones and and just all these big fuckers that had no they could, but they have no pizzazz or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, did you read that shit that Jim Ross said about Johnny Le- Le- Johnny Light? Le- John, I did. Lattis? I did. Mark, did you see that? Uh, no. He said that he basically brought John Laronitis into the WWE, like you know when WCW went out of business, helped him get the job, taught him how to do all this stuff, and then John Laronitis just sabotaged him. And Jim Ross was just basically like, I'm fucking glad everything that happened to that man has happened to that man. Fuck him. <laughs> and I've never, I've never heard Jim Ross say something like that about another person. He's, Sa- usually, he's usually always, even if he doesn't like somebody, he's usually pretty, like the only other person I've ever heard him talk about like that was the, was the warrior. Was that Side note, uh, Nate, since you mentioned him, you spoke of Snitsky. Have you seen him lately? Uh, a couple of years ago. He's got that fucking ZZ Top beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. whoa. Apparently, he was at Raw a couple of weeks ago. Like, yeah, not yeah. on TV or anything, but he was backstage at Raw a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what's going on with that. Even if maybe he was just visiting. I don't know. But <laughs> Watch out um, for flying baby dolls. <laughs> Oh, him punting that baby is one of the greatest things that ever happened. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Subjugate myself to Kane's abuse? <laughs> well, up next on this shit show we watched, Scott Steiner comes out to cut a promo. Um, essentially, he talks about, and I'm just going to paraphrase here because everybody knows it's Scott Steiner. He talks about how Australians are assholes 
he talks about how he he uh, he's been fucking some Aussie women. <laughs> like he's like, I came over here and I didn't. Think, pretty much, he's like, I didn't think I'd see any attractive chicks, but I did, and I fucked them. That's pretty much what he said. Um, but they, you I know. put my shrimp in their Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a jumbo shrimp, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> he. The freaks love Big Papa Pump, <laughs> mate. <laughs> he uh, he also says in the promo in inaccuracy. Not, not that we're looking for accuracy on this pay per view or from Scott Steiner at this time, but he says he broke Sid's leg. Sid broke his own leg. Sid broke his own leg. <laughs> that was like one of the nastiest injuries I I seen in the ring. But Nate, also, also, talking about inaccuracies or whatever, he's a fucking wrestling heel. So why yeah. wouldn't he be like, I broke his leg? It's yeah. like, what's like when the heel, when they interview the heel the next night after the show or whatever, and they're like, you got pinned last night. He's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> you pinned? He pulled the fight. He'd be like, he didn't pull a method. Yes, he did. You know, it's like, let's <laughs> take a look at the video. I always love that. Yeah, we let's don't take need a to look. see that. <laughs> Bobby Heenan would Bobby Heenan would just like what was great about him was he'd be like that didn't happen Monsoon it didn't happen like that and Girl Monsoon be like well Brain we happen to have the videotape here and Bobby be like that was doctored footage doctored, doctored footage <laughs> like Bobby would die on that fucking hill he was gonna lie <laughs> he didn't give he'd be like that was doctored footage doctored Bobby, footage Bobby was will you be gold. serious <laughs> There'll never be another Bobby the Brain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, um, during the promos, uh, Nathan Jones comes out. And then Sid comes out and talks to Nathan Jones at ringside. And Sid announces that he will be the special enforcer for the match between Nathan Jones and Scott Steiner tonight. What's he's he going to enforce? He's going to stay away from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> what is he going to enforce? I'd be like, Sid, what are you going to enforce? You're the reason we have to have the ramp. Like, <laughs> can't come down steps anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you have a cane. You're like 1991 Andre the Giant. What are you going to do? <laughs> Well, the next thing on this match is a great match. Okay, so in the first two cruiserweight tournament matches, there were short they, did, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't give them enough time, but it did lead to this, which is a very young AJ Styles versus Jerry Lynn. So, Mark, I'm sure you can imagine how good this is. Yeah, like those two fucking are phenomenal talents. Like Jerry Lynn is fucking, <clears throat> I'd say eight out of a ten, fucking great worker. And AJ's 10 out of 10. Yeah. And um, I've been going through, because I never watched a lot of early TNA, you know, because I didn't, I was, I, I was a kid. I shouldn't say I was a kid. I don't know how old I was when TNA started, 2002. I was probably 19, 20, right, Nate? Right around mm -hmm. there. Um. And I know this is going to sound silly thinking about it now, but it's like, I didn't have 10 bucks a week to fucking buy a pay-per-view. You, know right. you know what I'm saying? So I didn't get to watch a lot of early TNA. Well, now, 
I have money, so I, I pay for the Impact app, and I've been watching early TNA, and this is right around this time, too, that this is going on. And AJ and Jerry is like their first big established feud in that company. And Jerry is basically what I'm getting at is AJ Styles owes a lot to Jerry Lynn. Right. At the beginning of his at the beginning of his career. Because mm-hmm. Jerry does a lot for AJ and and I think taught him it's like you it's like aj was like aj's was kind of like kurt where just the minute he got into the fucking business he was a fucking natural at it that's what i was gonna say aj aj styles you watch early aj styles and i mean at this point in this match he's like in his early 20s he is literally a prodigy he is like like at that age to be it's like it's it's like Austin Theory now. To be yeah. that good at that age is is insane. So you can just imagine right. where where you know where Austin Theory is going to go. But anyway, Aaron, sorry. And and but, early AJ was like fucking, you, like thinking thinking about some of the shit that I watched to him. It's like, how the fuck has he had this much longevity in the business? Because mm-hmm. I mean, he did throw caution to the fucking wind. Well, that's what I was going to get at. What Lynn did for AJ as I've been watching them in hindsight, going back and watching them, what Lynn taught him was slow the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Like, like don't 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 go at like a fucking stutter step, but slow the fuck. Like you it's almost like he was like pace yourself. You you know the moves and you know how to do them, but you need to learn why and when to do them. And that's what Jerry Lynn fucking taught this kid. Right. You know what I mean? and, and that's what I'm saying. Like he, and I'm sure AJ would tell you now if you asked him, but he owes a lot to Jerry Lynn. And I think Jerry Lynn probably helped extend his career longer than what it honestly should have been because he was like, let's, let's slow this shit down a little bit. Because <laughs> I, because like Jerry was in there with those X Division guys and they, mm-hmm. They were completely, and, and AJ wasn't the only one. They were completely different styles of matches when they're in there with Jerry Lynn. Like, completely different. All of those guys, like Red and just everybody. Like, you mm. can see when they're in there with Jerry, it's like. <laughs> Jerry told him in the back, kid, we're not doing all that fucking oh, shit. Yeah, we're doing all that. <laughs> oh. you, you and Sensei aren't doing that shit, believe me. <laughs> Uh, well, AJ wins this fantastic match with a corkscrew senton off the top. And again, like I said, I'd, I'd give this I'd, out of five stars. I give this match four. It's definitely the best match on the show. Again, I enjoyed the the Pierre um, um, Allen Funk match, but this match was was great. The next match sounds like it would be really good. I actually kind of dug it. And I have I have a, I have a I have a big issue with it. Oh, I have and a I'm, big issue with the I'm, with the gimmick. I'm not. Yes, I'm not it. saying. I'm not saying. Yes. Okay. I agree. When we agree, it is Sabu versus Devin Storm in a steel cage match with Falls Count Anywhere. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, 
So you can't win by escaping the cage. The cage is essentially fucking pointless other than to be prop. another prop. Yes. That was my biggest problem with it was there was no need for the cage to be there. Why didn't they put the midgets in the cage and then let them have the death match? Has <laughs> there ever been a midget cage match? I don't know, but it would be fucking entertaining. Like them trying to escape would last longer than the like. So like he's been climbing this thing for twenty minutes. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I I, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, uh, Jim Ross is like, it, you know, it's it's a uh, Mascarita Sagrada and puppet in a six foot high steel cage. No, I want the midgets in a regular in cage. A regular cage. <laughs> Like they're climbing the escape, and they're like, "Is he gonna make it? We don't know." Tape machines are rolling. If it ends, <laughs> we'll show you the footage when we come back. And they come back, and he and, and fucking little little Unk's still trying to climb out. <laughs> well, I, I put down here. This is a great, a great spectacle. They do some crazy spots, but the cage is useless. Because it serves no per, it literally serves no purpose. This is the antithesis of a cage match. It's the complete opposite of a cage match. And like Aaron said, the cage is essentially just a prop for Sabu to jump off of. Um, Aaron, any notes? Like any individual notes that you have for the no for wonder the spots he stays so fucking fucked up. <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, my first note is the false count anywhere cage match. What in the actual fuck? Um. They use chairs, ropes. Um, Sabu did a moonsault off of the cage that was actually very impressive. Um, they do that crazy ass table spot with Storm, with Devin Storm, um, smashing onto Sabu. Um, did he ever? He did. He did. But it was only as like. A brief enhancement thing. I was to say, did Storm ever work for the WWF? I think, I think he he was there in that weird time. He was in that, wasn't he? In that, wasn't he in that cruiserweight tournament in '97? I think so. With Ace Darling and yeah, and I think they might even worked his team Extreme like one time on WWF, but he never had like like he never had like a sustained run. No, 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 and he wasn't he wasn't bad either. No, for like. I didn't, as an example, I'm not usually a fan of the over-the-top crazy wrestler gimmick. Like, uh, who do I want to use as an example? Bugsy McGraw. Oh, he <laughs> That whole thing. I'm not usually a big fan of that. I hated it when David Flair did it. But I liked Crowbar and Daphne. Crowbar and Daphne to themselves, like the D David in it was, it was ridiculous. You know, it was just, he was, but Daphne and Crowbar, that was a great act. Yeah. Like they were, they were just, they were just cartoon crazy enough to, to be believable that they might actually be crazy people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, these two might go fucking natural born killers. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, like, this is some good shit. And like I said, she was good at her job. And he honestly was actually a really good fucking wrestler. And, mm -hmm. and like, I'm not saying he was fucking Kurt Angle or anything like that, but like this style of, of, of crazy high spots and things like that. He was, he was good. 
And I just think it's weird that he never he never got even a little run in the WWF. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it just didn't happen for him. Maybe it's because he didn't slow down. Oh, possibly. Like Sabu was like, "Oh, we're going." <laughs> like Sabu's like, like opposite Jerry Lynn. <laughs> like Devin Storm was like, "You want to take it a little easy today, Boo?" And Boo's like, "No, the fuck balls to the wall." <laughs> We're going to go through eight tables. And I'm going to shoot you with a fucking fireball. I'm going to tell the promoter to get a steel cage. I'm going to we're supposed to have a false count anywhere match. I'm going to get to tell the promoter to get a steel cage. Why? <laughs> Just because. Cause I want to fucking throw you off. Of it. <laughs> well, Sabu does do the, the fireball spot in this match. Um, it's funny. Cause he sets, uh, he sets storm up on the table and does a moonsault off the table, and it's a complete and utter fail. So he just does it again. And then that's how he wins the match with the, the moonsault off the cage over the second storm. Time. Yeah, and that's, yeah. The, that's the genius of, of Terry Brunk. That's the genius of Sabu. <laughs> he fucks something up, so he just do it again. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and it works because he's supposed to be fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, the same reason the same reason Vince McMahon decided that when he got Sid after a little bit of Sid justice, when he watched him cut promos and stuff and saw that he fucked it up all the time, he just said, well, that's all right. We'll just say he's psycho. He's psycho Sid. That's why that's why his promos don't make any sense. That's why he screws up all the time. It's not because he's bad. It's because he's psychotic. He's psycho Sid. And it's like, you know what? That's fucking genius. <laughs> that's, that's, that's genius. <laughs> yep. And like I said, Sabu, his style lended to the fact of it was insane and you would mess something up like that. You know what I mean? So he's like, if you mess it up, well, I'll just do it again. And and it just worked. And, it, and that's what made his choreographed choreographed shit come off not looking as choreographed as what it actually was. But I I enjoyed this match for what it was and tried to avoid after it started I tried to avoid thinking about it being a falls count anywhere steel cage match. <laughs> I'm just gonna watch this but the whole time the fucking free. cage is there. <laughs> I don't know but I'm like I'm just gonna watch this for the fucking Debacle that it is, the train wreck that it is. You know what I mean? It's well, I ain't heard that since I played fucking WrestleMania the arcade game. It's a total debacle. <laughs> well, this was a debacle, and like I said, I'm just gonna pretend. Like I was starting to watch this, and I'm like, I'm just gonna pre- pretend they didn't say that this was a false count anywhere steel cage match. It's the equivalent of watching that fucking. Uh, uh, UWF show we watched where the the lumberjack match ended in a double count out. What the fuck? Anyway, <clears throat> up next on this, love sh- Herb Abrams. <laughs> up next on this, so did cocaine, or he loved cocaine. I'm yeah, sorry, cocaine did not love him. <laughs> him out. The next match is the evening gown match. It's this Queen Bee woman against Medasia. I, I didn't watch it. Uh, I actually didn't either. I skipped whatever was the match. 
Medeja won the match by stripping Queen B, and then the midgets came out and stripped Medeja. I love the silence. Like Stripperella okay. and the Seven Dwarfs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nothing wrong with Medeja. I don't know where she came from or where she went, but there ain't nothing wrong with her. Like, um, I really don't. I don't have any like idea like who she was. I think she really did know Scott Steiner. Well, I feel like he did too, and I feel like they were like friends. You know yeah, I mean? they they were like. Um, from what I've read, and again, I don't exactly, but from what I've read I need about them, beer. I'll be right back. From, okay, from what I've read about them, um, the little bit that I have read about their like relationship or whatever, they were a lot like Francine and Douglas are. Like they got they were they got together professionally. There was never any romantic thing or anything, but they're like oh. best friends or whatever while they were That's, working together. Scott's. Always been like super loyal to his wife. That big booty daddy thing's a fucking gimmick. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of like rude. He's like super. Everything I've read, Scott Steiner's like super, like into his wife. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I don't, I don't get road head or anything like that. It's just right. My like that's my gimmick. Yeah, my gimmick. But no, Which like I said, that's and that that's what I was saying. You know what I'm saying about like the Francine Shane Douglas dynamic? Yeah. Like when we saw them together in person, you can tell that they're like very close friends. Yeah, and they you know? weren't for a little bit, but they had a problem for a while. But mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was. I think it's because she hooked up with Tommy, if I remember right. Listening to their stories was because Tommy is the I want I don't want to. I, I'm not saying anything that he hasn't ever said in his purse, like in interviews and shit, but him and Tommy, like Tommy and Beulah had like, kind of like an open relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like she knew what he did on the road and everything like that. And her and him and Francine hooked up and supposedly it pissed Shane off because he's like, we're supposed to be a thing on TV and I'm feuding with Tom. Mm -hmm. And you guys are out at the fucking mall and shit together. You're, you're hurting the business. But eventually they got back around. Well, now we head into our main event of this uh, eruption. <laughs> can we just, uh, like I said, can we just call it what it is? It's not an eruption. It's a ruined orgasm. <laughs> Like you think it's gonna happen, you think it's gonna happen, and then your phone then rings. The, the phone rings, the dog jumps on the bed, and you're just like, "Oh man, man. <laughs> I've got a reptile disorder syndrome." <laughs> it's a revolution, and is that not the worst fucking? That's how the song goes. It's a revolution, just over and over again. Yeah, good lord. Well, it's Scott Steiner against Nathan Jones for the WWA Heavyweight Championship. With Psycho Sid at ringside as the special guest enforcer. <sighs> this this can't be that long of a match. It was longer than AJ Styles and Nova, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm just saying, because you got this... Ridiculously big guy 
and then you got this muscle bound guy. It's not gonna make for a, a long ass match. I would say I would say all told it was probably ten minutes with entrances, would you say, Aaron? Yeah. It's just it's not good. <laughs> Look, it's I'm not, not I, I didn't even watch it and I and I figured that out just from the combatants. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling logic would dictate. Right. And then did, did you say the finish yet? Nope, go ahead. Uh, Scott Steiner ends up winning. I forget. I actually didn't even write down the finish. How did he uh, win? I thought Mad- he was Madesha- his head down in disappointment. <laughs> he was no. reading his nose. Nathan, and Nathan, Jones, Nathan Jones hits a choke slam. Madeja comes in. Sid comes in uh, to, uh, to, I guess, you know, just middle around or whatever with his cane. And then uh, while they're while the referee's distracted, getting every goddamn else buddy out of the ring, Steiner hits uh, Nathan Jones with the belt, gets the Steiner recliner, and wins the championship. Yes, and these belts look like uh, middleweight boxing belts. That's oh goddamn! <laughs> yes, <laughs> they every, spent all the money every, on the talent, not. Not on the championship. <laughs> every 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 replica belt that I have in my house that I've got from some guy named like Ingram Butt or something from India <laughs> looks better than these belts. Yeah, these are these are middleweight boxing and kickboxing belts. Like the guy, the guy that sent me this belt probably goes online and asks women to see their bab and vagine. <laughs> and and he made a better belt than whoever made these belts for the yeah, WWE. These are fucking terrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm literally not upset that I did not view this. <laughs> I found the song. We found it. Yes, thank your wife for keeping you distracted this week. <laughs> Honey-do list. They never end. <laughs> You're right. You're damn right, they do. Aaron found the song. Oh, and he's ecstatic about it, too. Well, before you do that, Aaron, just real quick. Again, Steiner, we'll just end, end it. Yeah. Steiner. Did you hear it? No. Oh. <laughs> Steiner, Steiner wins the title. Then Sid comes in, and Steiner and Sid kind of talk shit back and forth to each other. Like they're hinting that they're going to have a match eventually for this WWA championship. And I do believe this is WWA's last show. So that never actually happens. Yeah, it sucked. The show was bad. Um, Jerry Lynn and AJ, like I said, they have a, they have a really good match. Um, I wasn't a hating on the Funkster Carl uh, uh, Ouellette match, but I wasn't as big of a fan of it as you were, and I liked the I liked the debacle. It was fun to watch, but other than that, this was the worst show we've watched during this entire fall of fuckery. This was a, <laughs> this bad. This was the climax of the bad show, and it had to be an eruption. Yes. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So how do I make this thing? Let me see if you can hear it. 
hold on. What? You hold on. No, I'm saying, like, what'd you... I can tell you how to find it in eight, and you can play it if you want. Should be the thing that says present, shouldn't it? So right now, here we go. I will bring this up. So you found it? I found... Uh, I have the YouTube of the me watch. WWA Revolution theme song. Oh, well, I can <laughs> find that. I can find that. I, I just brought up the fucking um, pay-per-view. <laughs> the show. Yeah. Let me... Uh, WWF. WWA Revolution. Revolution theme song. Right? 2002. All right. There should be a live performance of these some bitches. <laughs> oh god alright let me see if I can pull this up for everybody here it looks like uh, Scott Scott from Creed yeah yeah. you should just have to go to uh, present nope. and share screen right yeah. yeah don't pull up on it too hard you'll have an eruption <laughs> <laughs> but yes I am going to uh, we'll let everybody hear a little bit of this. I don't know that everybody's going to hear all of it. It's only a minute and something. And it's not like they're going to sue us. They don't know. They, they, don't, even have a, <laughs> they don't even have a company. They, they don't even give a fuck anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's early 2000s of automatic that's absolutely fucking horrible. What's great is he like he says the word revolution, and in each one he 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 incorporates a new vowel. Like he's rev allusion, rev illusion, rev illusion. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like he didn't even finish it. He said revolution like 87 times, and then when he was supposed to edit, he was just like Ravosh. I'm tired. <laughs> I just had an eruption. I gotta go to bed. Ravosh. <laughs> Ravosh. Started out like Creed or some shit. Yeah. And, like, and, time, that's like he's like he's like Rabbi Lucian for the Jews. Yeah, it's like uh. well, that, <laughs> that was, was awful. <laughs> <laughs> right, like at the beginning, he's like Revolution, Revolution. Usually, Aaron Maxson has some pretty decent fucking ideas, but that. <laughs> <laughs> but sharing that one. <laughs> what? I mean, how funny was is it? Oof. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, like Nate says, there's nothing better than watching bad wrestling. 
Watch some bad music performances, though. That shit's fun, too. Just saying. I love watching some fucking shit band try to perform. <laughs> and nobody's getting into it, but they're yeah. just like, come on! <laughs> He's like, revolution! That's one of the... Do either one of you guys watch Bar Rescue? Yes. That's always, like, some of the best episodes of Bar Rescue are when, like, the, the owner is, like, a band guy, and he, he, like, him and his pathetic band just play in his bar all the time, and there's, like, six, like, fat ladies and a guy in a cowboy hat watching their what? stupid band, yeah, and, and, like, even they're not reacting, only one person's dancing, like, in front of the stage, just yeah, this yeah. pathetic... It's the only pathetic... fucking person that knows the song. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, just play in your garage and have fun. <laughs> Well, that being said, we are going to sign off for this week in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Um, hopefully, and with the holiday season here, I know sometimes our scheduling gets a little wacky. Hopefully, we'll have at least one more episode in 2022. And uh, in the ne- over the next couple of weeks, I'll be making some announcements as far as lots of new things coming to our little Wrestling at Radio universe here. So you say um, things are changing. In 2023, I'm gonna see if I can make that the theme for our new year. It's revolution. We got to have a, at least a show that drops on New Year's. <laughs> the New we Year's, we could probably get those guys to play a live show. We <laughs> can just stream it. <laughs> Pam and cheeseburgers. Yeah. I think, I think I think their name Sneed. Sneed. Here's three little Caesars pizza. <laughs> Play us a song. Four day, they're four days grace. Go to right. seven to recover. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, we, um, I am I am creating a uh, a new YouTube for Wrestling at Radio, which we will be doing some video stuff. There will be video offerings of the podcasts and such coming up in the new year. Um, I have also started, um, we're going to start doing some stuff on Twitch um, as far as the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network goes. And uh, Reliving the Extreme is probably going to have a Patreon in 2023. So those are just a few things coming up for the new year for the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network and all your favorite shows um, that we have here on the network. Support Listen. Chad's beer fund. <laughs> <laughs> An airplane bottle fund. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Aaron, any parting words for our listeners this week? Nope. Um, well, yeah. Just thanks for listening. Um, thanks for going along, guys, with the fall of fuckery. I like watching shit that I can make fun of. It's a lot easier for me to just blast something than have actual um, intelligent thoughts about things. Um, so I appreciate that. I'm sorry about the eruption. Um, I hope you guys get all cleaned up after it. Um, and just word of mouth. I say it every week on every show, and I mean it. That's the best thing for a podcast. I want Nate to be successful and have like Patreons and this, that, and the other thing. But advertising and everything like that, that's it's good stuff. But the best way 
to get a show out there is to word of mouth because tell somebody you like something, they're going to listen to it more than us trying to sell fucking dick pills. And oh, Nate, you got to tell them about the review. Oh, <laughs> you got to tell them about the review, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, we are we are the we are the podcast for the common man. And I want I want to thank that I don't I, I fuck have like a monkey. <laughs> the fucking like I'm okay. We can't wrestle podcast tour, baby. Yeah, 2022. Let me see if I can find the screen. Just because I drive a Ford Fusion now, don't make me bad, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here if I can find the screenshot so I can read it directly. And we're not making fun of the reviewer. We actually do really not appreciate whatsoever. it. But I just can't. Any find feedback? It. Any feedback? is you know well received absolutely <laughs> whether good or bad if it's good we appreciate it. if it's bad we'll make fun of it that's right. what we do here <laughs> and if it's a bad review and it's funny i'll laugh at it <laughs> right because that's aaron maxon's humor right up his alley <laughs> well i will i will get into my i will get into my charitable and get that review and we'll read it next week and give that because i want to give the i'm going to give the screen name the acknowledgement you know? right so we will do that. Mark, thank you for joining us. Uh, even though you didn't watch the show, I appreciate you being on to uh, listen to us review the show. I'm sure that was more entertaining than the show itself. Any, yeah. Do you have any parting words for our listeners? Um, just just listen and support everything that the that's on the WrestleNet Radio Network. Um, I look forward to the coming year. And being able to continue to do this with you guys, <laughs> I, I really fucking enjoy it. And <clears throat> I hope you guys, like the listeners, enjoy it just as much as we enjoy putting it out there for you. It's a blast every time. Um, and again, a, a more thing, of course, after the new year, the Hall of Fame coming up. So, so much coming up next year. Like I said, we'll try to have one more episode of this show out uh, before the new year. Join us for Reliving the Extreme every single week with Chad Austin. And uh, I'm going to sign off here. So everybody have a great week. And we'll see you next time around here on the Weekend Wrestle Podcast.